All right. So you guys are heading up to Cervantes Textile Trading. Yes. Uh, when you poke your head in the office, you see that Natalia is there. Did we do? Do we still have just a whole bunch of shopping bags? With us? Yes. Yeah. Probably, you, guys, yes. you guys look like you guys look like you just finished up at the Champs Elysees. So you're like loaded down with bags. <laughs> you mean Artie's loaded down with bags? Yeah, Artie definitely <laughs> oh, took cool. all the He's bags. He's that guy. Just so that he could peek into the bags. Artie? Huh? What? It's fine. His gift is wrapped anyway. It's in a box. It's in a nice box. <laughs> oh, there's a nice box in here. No. Huh? <laughs> no. What? Those are for later. Are they crackers? No. Do you want some? I have some. <gasps> crackers. Okay. Here's some goldfish. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're totally, we're totally back on the plot kit, we swear. <laughs> Natalia looks up at you guys, poke your head in, and sees all of you and goes, oh, I thought we were meeting at, uh, at, at Countess Aguilar's house tonight. We no, are, we, are. we had some stuff to tell you first, and we felt it was better to tell you now rather than awkwardly outside of her house. Okay. Vampires. Yeah, we... we she was we, there for that. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're right. telling you, but behind the vampires is a um, <laughs> Armageddon death cult? Uh-huh. Okay, look. The reason that we're tracking the things that Navaris was tracking is because a lot of his notes were about him being on the trail of something called the Cult of the World Eater, which is some kind of at least a millennia old force that can destroy spheres. Okay, that sounds bad. Yes, and there are people who think that sounds cool, though, so they're part of this cult about it, and one of Navaris's leads that said that he thought the cult may have been involved was you and Biancarta, and if we ran into vampires yesterday and it sounds like there's, a, there's like an actual vampire in charge of things, well, everything that we've done with the cult so far seems to have a lot to do with the undead, and that fits a pattern. Okay, so there's a cult full of undead that you think the vampires we fought last night were in? We think the person who turned them into vampires were in it. Okay, who do we think turned them into vampires? We all just kind of... Ex Juliana kind of just exchanges a glance with everybody? I well, I, I kind of expected the Countess, since she kept holding the parties and inviting people in, but I guess it could be someone behind her. Okay. It sounded like Torn and Kaza was doing a lot of, at the very least, brainwashing, if not outright magical brainwashing. Yeah. Well, she was the first to go missing. She was the first, right. So maybe there's someone behind that. But we won't know that until the party, so right at the moment, best bet is Torn and Kaza. So let me, let me just, let me just double check really quick what we're doing. We we have someone who is hosting parties where people go missing, and you guys, a bunch of strangers who won't be missed, are going to voluntarily go to one of these parties. Yes, absolutely. Just checking. I love parties. Wait, why do you sound fishy? I'm concerned. She's just concerned that um, we're a bunch of people who people won't miss, and we're going to this party, so clearly we're going to be abducted. The captain will miss. Will she, though? <laughs> You think she thinks she'll miss me? Look, we're getting off track. We're getting off track. The thing is, yeah, it sounds pretty dangerous. We're at least, you know, 
adventurers were moderately prepared to deal with that risk. But Mr. Vontas, you were really shaken up last night. And if you don't want to get into this any further, if you're worried, then that's fine. We can handle it and we can keep you updated afterward. It's our job. You've done a lot to help us. I, I am worried, but at the same time, I don't know. I'm not sure I can just leave leave this to a bunch of strangers to potentially get themselves hurt on something that's really important to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Look, you keep saying ominous things like that. And okay, your 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 own business, your own problems are 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 your own concern and I respect that, but also if you're going in on this, then that means I'm the healer. That means I'm the one who is now tasked with keeping you alive and keeping you safe. Which means that I need to know if there's anything relevant about what may or may not cause you to charge into danger or do something that may not end in you coming out alive to to avenge yourself against something. I don't. Okay, so I don't think she'd recognize me, but. Okay, so Countess Tornacasa, the Tornacasa family pretty much dominates the, the textile trade here in Senegora. My family. We're up and comers in the field. We we had better connections. We were able to import stuff faster and cheaper. And the Torrancasa family didn't like that. And then uh, our ship is attacked by pirates while my parents and myself are on it. And I'm the only one who makes it out alive. So, so it wasn't just some random pirate incident. According to the authorities, it was. I don't think I believe them. For good reason. Okay. So... This is personal because of Torn and Kaza. Yeah. The fact that she was the first one to go missing was the thing that caught my attention. Okay. Then we're going to have to lay some ground rules here. Okay. You stick close to at least one of us. I'm going to be trying to stay... Well, I'm probably going to be diving in and out. But if you want to stick either close to me, or I would say stick behind Artie. Oh, no, I'm definitely going to hit the thing. Yeah, I know you're, I know, I know you're going to get up close, but if, they, if she sticks behind you, then they're going to have a hard time getting past you, is the thing. Yeah, I'm usually farther away, but I also don't know about my ability to like do a super good job protecting you, going to be honest there. That's kind of not my skill set. I'll try and kill things fast. And I can be aware to... Um... I have the ability to to sparkle and, and then people just feel inspired to kind of run and do as they will. So I can always be ready to make sure that you can move. I mean, from the sounds of it, I should probably stick close to, to Countess Aguilar. If she's if she's if you're if she's going to be trying to stay out of if any violence that happens, then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If she's going to try to stay out of any violence that happens and we're there to protect her. Then I think that's fair. Yeah, because she's definitely got a lot of bodyguards and probably a lot of people uh paid to lurk elsewhere and uh and you know be criminals. Yeah, I'm still not sure I buy that whole thing about her being a crime boss. It might not don't have any hard evidence, but she might be involved at least. You recall in your heart in your mind. My lady love. Lady La Pluma. La Pluma. La Pluma. <laughs> Let's just say that also fits a pattern. <laughs> just be aware that there is some, very likely there is some incredibly dangerous shit going on behind this party tonight. And I don't know, act accordingly. Okay. All right, let's get going. All right. 
We go to drop off our stuff at the ship, and then we go and we change <laughs> our uniforms, and we head uh, to the you party. Don't, you don't have the uniforms yet. They're at uh, Countess Aguilar's yeah. house. Yeah, we can go to the Countess' house and pick them up and change. Artie does, like, before they leave, he does slip into the captain's office and, Hey, Captain, I want the gun. It's 3K. Think about it. I'll be back. You what? No, Artie. <laughs> <laughs> You're gone. You're go- he's gone. Okay, you drop off your loot and you head, about it. you head over to Countess Aguilar's house. Uh, the uh, guards at the door uh, lead you into the parlor to wait. You're, you're left waiting for quite a bit of time, actually. Juliana just quietly disassociates. Yeah, and then I believe the first one to make it down to the parlor would probably be Grack. Oh, hello! Welcome, welcome. Mm. Yes, sir. Hello, Grack! You're, you're a bit early, aren't you? Mm. I mean, we figured we'd have to change. Oh, right, 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 right. Well... <laughs> Help yourself to some tea. I, I I always worry about having to pee in the middle of these things. So thank you. I'm going to decline, but I just don't, I just don't want to go to the bathroom if I have to stab something. You know. I wasn't worried about that. Now I'm worried about that. Juliana's is glaring daggers from the other side of the room. I mean, this is this is the worry I always have. It's the same thing before I put on a costume, Alviva. It's like, do I want to go to pee in this? Not really. So then I just don't drink for a few hours. You guys. Don't just go to the side of the house and just pee in the in the bushes. It's much harder to pee when you don't have a dick, Artie. Quick note: Is this winter cacophony? It's cacophony. Great. How is she dressed in in her preparation to be a guard? Anyway, uh, she is currently dressed as like a sexy security guard. So like black <laughs> booty shorts and like one of those tan tan shirts that's like unbuttoned down to the navel. She's also got a whip on her hip for some reason. It It's probably a fake whip. You probably borrowed it from Artie. Did you borrow my whip? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, it goes with the outfit. You're right, it does. <laughs> Damn, that's good. <laughs> yeah, uh, at which point Countess Aquilar comes down in the, accompanied by a servant who has a pile of clothes and she looks at all of you and then looks at Cacophony and then goes, oh dear God. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm going to change the outfits you bring. I just, I, I needed to be prepared, you know. Mm-hmm. She had to get in the character. All right, so I have your uniforms here. Uh, important question for the party. Are you going to try to put the uniforms under or over your armor or substitute them for your armor? Well, I don't want to take my armor off, that's for sure. I mean, we can do costume. I, I mean, mean we, we've done costume changes with our armor and time before. <laughs> yeah, but that was magical. This is just a physical uniform. Hmm. Speaking from experience, magic. Well, two of them can press to digitate. That's true. I can press to digitate. <laughs> a press to digitation creates a, a five square foot illusion uh, that lasts for, I believe, one minute. Yeah, this is. Well, listen, I've got I've got leather armor and adamantine breastplate. It's not like it's super bulky. Maybe my chest area is gonna look a little bit beefy. I put it on over my armor. But yeah, I just put it on over my armor. Okay. But I do, I, I was allowed to make alterations, so I'm opening it to the navel. <laughs> I, I'm just thinking about all our character art, and the only one who could pull this off is Cacophony, because she just is wearing a shirt and a skirt. <laughs> Jiliana looks very concerned at this clothing. Arturos looks concerned. Hey, you've got a tank top. I got a tank top. 
but also- I do believe the tank top loses its powers if you put something on over it. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I lose my powers. Well, that just sounds like you're just going to have to rip your shirt off dramatically at some point. Yeah, That's can't you just true. flex? I could just flex. Cannot be worn un- over or under any other I clothing. I know! <laughs> Juliana kind of pats her breastplate. Stretches the fabric out in front of her. Uh, it does feel like it's got some leather reinforcement in there. It's not entirely unarmored, but <sighs> it's definitely not at all comparable to your armor. I'm gonna have to change, aren't I? A rare case where just suddenly turning all of your clothes into sexy outfits is is a bonus. Yeah. Uh, if any of you have the seeming spell, that might do the trick. You could just make your armor look like the uniform, but do not. Nope. Do not have it. Okay. Uh, all right. Where's 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 a dressing room? Uh, the servant takes you over to uh, a side bedroom uh, where you can get changed. Artie does start taking off his pants. <laughs> Just there. Wait. <laughs> dressing room. Artie. Huh? <laughs> Just just come with me. Okay. So you guys get changed. The uniform is equivalent to uh, leather armor. So that is an armor base armor class of 11 plus your dexterity modifier. Well, there we go. I basically just make sure to keep my breastplate. You can probably keep your shield. Yeah, probably can't. Okay, 11 plus dex? 11 plus your dex modifier. Your girl's not dexterous. And you can probably keep your shield. That's It, it should yeah. be easy enough to incorporate into the uniform. Great. That's down to 14. That's down to 14 from 20. 17. Not a big drop for me. Juliana definitely feels me. Uh, also, I'm going to say Juliana has to roll the sleeves up. <laughs> uh, it appears, actually appears that um, Countess Aguilar eyeballed your guys' measurements pretty well. The uniforms aren't perfectly fitting, but they're good enough. Ugh. My nipples. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like an adamantine breastplate is, like, fancy and shiny enough looking anyway that it's, like... It's an accessory, really. But you don't want to draw attention. Okay. But surely you can fit the breastplate under your shirt. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. You can fit the breastplate under... Uh, Gra- that is technically what Grack does, is he fits a breastplate under his Hawaiian shirt. Although, what is Grack wearing to this party? Oh, shit, I knew I forgot something. I hope it's like a fancy Hawaiian <laughs> shirt. Is it? Is it a tuxedo for the tuxedo bird? What, how How fancy of a dress are we... T- we're, is uh, Aguilar Cuntus? Countess Aguilar is wearing a uh, a rather uh, tasteful floor-length gown, not particularly elaborate, but definitely something where you don't want to look like a schmuck standing next to her. So, like, going to any average, like, award ceremony where the lady looks incredible and the dude's in a dumpy tux. Yeah, where the dude looks like he just crawled out of a fucking dumpster? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um, it's a black-based Hawaiian shirt with, <laughs> with uh, a color palette that goes... Goes along with the dress and a little bow tie that also goes along with the dress. Does he have a blazer? No. <laughs> it wouldn't. It would. It wouldn't be. <laughs> it could be a dinner jacket. Sure. Let's go with the dinner jacket. Okay. So yeah, the the dress. Uh, Countess Aguilar's uh, color scheme is mostly black, white, and gold. So uh, Grax's uh, Hawaiian shirt is mostly black and white. The little bow tie is gold. And he's got a dinner jacket that's uh, white with some gold trim around the sleeves. Spectacular. Yeah. So uh, you guys are all ready to go. <laughs> Juliana does actually be like, Greg, can I talk to you outside for a second? 
Um, no. I am unarmed. <laughs> okay, but that guy has to come with us. Points to Artie? No, he points to just some random dude in... Yeah, there's just a guard here who nods there's and goes with you. There's a guard there. Okay. <laughs> so we step out into the hall? I guess. Okay. Juliana kind of clasps her hands behind her back. Grack, I... I should probably apologize for hitting you in the face with my hammer, as satisfying as that was. Uh-huh. And we'll be working together for this evening. You are... I am technically your bodyguard. Uh-huh. So I just want to make sure that we know what this is going to look like. Uh-huh. Greg, you... you 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 spent some time on Port Meridian. You you've been in you've been in Storm Space. Do you know anything about Ethla? Nah, never heard of her. Okay, okay, okay. That's fine. Well, Ethla is 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 my goddess. I'm a cleric of Ethla. I'm a priestess. That's and and well, Ethla is is um she is a storm goddess. But you know, among other things, one of her jurisdictions is 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 motherhood. That's one of her aspects. And Ethla doesn't really talk to us directly the way the way that some other gods do so a lot of things we do is is a lot of it is a lot of personal inference you know we 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 figure out exactly what things like ethla knows that we are weak and yes she asks for strength what they mean to us so motherhood means a lot of things to different people but if you ask me grack i think ethla is a mother in the same way that a bear is a mother like let let's say let's say for for the sake of this conversation that that I worship some kind of some kind of large predator animal. You know, she she is benevolent, she is kind, she is she is very protective of of the things that are under her charge that are in her care, uh the things that she loves, the things she cares about, and she is she is wonderful and nurturing and kind, but if anything threatens the things that she protects, well, she takes action. She um she rips them apart. Uh-huh. Piece by piece. I think you need to roll an intimidation check on here. <laughs> I think so too. Okay. <laughs> let's let's see how this goes. Oh, that's an 18. <laughs> what would I have to roll? Uh Greg, I believe that would be in this case a wisdom save. Oh shit. <laughs> That's a, that's, a, that's a nat one. That's a nat one. Grack is quivering in his fanny pack. Great. Juliana just sort of continues. I just want to. I just want to make sure that we're on the same page for how this evening is going to go out. You know, right now you're something I'm protecting, but if you do anything to make yourself start to look like a threat. Then I guess we'll just have to have another talk about my, my about my personal faith. You hear an audible gulp, <laughs> <laughs> and somehow a bird has sweat. <clears throat> well, I see everything's. We've made everything clear. Great, right? I look forward to working with you this evening. Same. <laughs> And she will lead him back into the room with the others. You didn't know that a uh, penguin could go pale, but somehow. 
the feathers have have lost touch of their color. <laughs> <laughs> All right, are you guys ready to go? Yeah, let's yeah. do it. Let's do it. All right, you guys depart for uh, Tornincasa Manor. Uh, a carriage has been called. A couple of you guys ride in the carriage with Countess Aguilar and Grack, and a couple more of you, some of you are like, you know, sitting on the back of the carriage. I think it's like, it would probably be like two of you inside, two of you sitting on the back, and then one of you sitting next to the driver. Do they have preference for who's inside? I call shotgun. I want to sit up with the horsies. I scramble up before anyone else gets a chance. Okay. Aviva's sitting up with the horsies. Do they have preference for who's inside? Grack might have a preference for who's inside. <laughs> Small people only. <laughs> well, that leaves me out, and I casually okay, get so up that's- on the back. That's that's probably Arturos in the uh, in the in the uh, in the thing, and probably Natalia, and that leaves Cacophony and Jill sitting at the back. Juliana is just kind of Juliana does not say much, but she does look like satisfied with yeah, herself. Yeah, smug. <laughs> All right, it is uh, it is a bit of a ride from uh, Aguilar Manor to Torrencasa Manor. Aguilar Manor is very close to the market, very close to the square, very close to the heart of commerce in the city. Torrencasa Manor is up in the uh, much more affluent area of the city, where only the rich people live. Looking around, this is the same district that uh, that uh, actually I don't think you've been here. You haven't been in this district before, but you're looking around, and. There are gigantic houses here made of very expensive materials. The streets are clean. Uh, the streets are safe to walk on. You look around and you go, it is unconscionable that this place exists in the same city as Harborgate. And very quickly, you arrive at uh, Tornincasa Manor, which uh, is sort of a, it's, it's an older style building than some of the others that you've seen. It's along the same lines of simplicity that Aguilar Manor is. Uh, it's got a, a rather simple rectangular uh, white limestone facade. There are windows like covering the front of the house. Glass is very expensive, so you know right away. This is not for show. Someone with actual money lives here. And there is a, uh, and there is a gate and a path leading through a courtyard up to the front, ho- front door of the house. The carriage stops in front of the gate. Everyone piles out. Uh, the gate is open. You guys walk up the path through the courtyard. There's a nice garden here. There are some fountains. There are some topiaries. And you end up uh, sort of on the, uh, I don't, I don't want to say porch, but basically the pavilion up at the front of the house where the front door is, which is uh, has a guard on either side of it. Countess Aguilar walks up, she flashes her invitation, but she's a very recognizable figure anyway, so it's almost unnecessary for her to do that. You guys are waved into a small foyer, uh, where there is a herald there, where Countess Aguilar has a quick conversation with him as to, you know, who she is and who the party is. And then the door opens, the herald announces Countess Aguilar, the Lord Grack, and company. And you guys are let out <laughs> into this enormous ballroom, this great hall that takes up most of the ground floor of the house. Ooh. There is an elaborate tiled floor that looks to be made of marble. There are, like, a couple of armored statues uh, flanking the front door that you guys just walked in. There are also various other large doors scattered around the room. Mostly you see servants coming in and out of those with trays. Up at the northern end of the room, there's the first thing you notice is a very large wall of stained glass windows, which, again, expensive. Uh, and then there is sort of a U-shaped pav- raised pavilion at the far end of the room with staircases going up to it. Uh, most of the tables are scattered around on the tile floor, 
below the pavilion. Uh, you notice uh, five tables that appear to have very important nobles sitting at them. And then at the far northern end of the room, there is another table that has about maybe maybe eight young, very rich-looking people. Uh, you notice that two seats are missing at that table. <laughs> there are two empty seats there. Huh. Mm. Uh, it, mm. appears to, it appears to be cocktail hour, as everyone is standing and mingling... Uh, there are waiters moving between everyone with trays full of drinks. So has the dancing started yet? Uh, no dancing yet. Well, this is overwhelming. Yeah, you notice that there are some guards standing up against the wall. Uh, well, as a, as a guard, I can't exactly dance. So I'm going to go join the others at the wall and start chatting. Okay. There, the, one of the things you notice immediately is that there are, uh, there are three human bodyguards who appear to be uh, focusing on three of the um uh, three of the nobles that are there in that room they are assigned to those probably but you also notice that there are two elves here up against the wall as well okay i, I go join the elves okay you're gonna make conversation or just hang out elf kinship i'm gonna make conversation all right i i don't know if i have anything really specific other than the kind of chat and ask who they're here with and Things like that. Yeah, they're not very talkative, but you gather very quickly that they mention that they're uh, here to protect the admiral. At which point you you turn and look. Oh, Ooh. right! There was that big fancy ship outside. Yeah. yeah, you turn and look, and there is an elven man standing there, very tall, sort of shoulder length white hair that trails down his back a little bit. Most distinctively, he's wearing very bright, shiny silver armor with a black tabard that appears to be uh, scattered with white dots in the pattern of stars. Mm. And no helmet. And he is also he is flanked by two of his guards. So we've got two guards with him and two guards here against the wall. And uh, he's not making a tremendous effort to make conversation with the rest of the people in the room. That's fair. I hang out with the other el- hang out with the other else, even if they're not chatty. Okay, so you're hanging out over there. What's everybody else? What's everybody else doing? I want to go chat with the cool space star man, but I I, I also feel like probably I'm not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good instinct. Yeah, this is the problem. We are. We are the rubes at this point. And then I tell him that's not his wife. That's a fish. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, what are you up to? Greg's trying to to mingle, trying to trying to be loud, and trying to see if any of these nobles crack a smile. Um, you end up at a table with you recognize this. This is Count Oriana. Uh, and he is uh, just absolutely fucking grim. There are, <laughs> of, of the nobles here, Greg, you would know these people. Mm-hmm. Countess Gallo and Countess or- Count Oriana do not have dates for this. They are they are single, and f- quite frankly, they're miserable people, so it's not a surprise they're single. <laughs> uh, Count Barzetti is here with uh, his wife, Lady Barzetti, and then Count Valenti is here with his daughter, Mistress Valenti. But you, uh, you are you are trying to get a smile out of Count Oriana, and it's it's not happening. <laughs> uh, which one of you guys are sticking close to uh, Countess Aguilar? I will. Okay, Jill, you end up hanging around Countess Aguilar as she's uh, moving through the room, you know, make, doing the rounds, basically saying hi to the people who it's socially obligated to say hi to, and then in between doing the rounds, you hear she just keeps up a constant stream of shit talk, <laughs> 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 just constantly pointing out. Oh, yes, there's Countess Gallo, probably complaining about the champagne again. Just constant, constant talking shit. And then she gestures over to the table full of young people and goes, Oh, and there's 
there's Lucrezia's little gaggle of friends, never seen anywhere without them. I'm surprised she's not down here yet, but of course she'd make us wait. God, I wonder where that captain of hers is. She always ends up showing up at these things, too. She has a date? Uh, that's, that's, I would, I don't know what the relationship is between them, but they apparently they grew up together. And then, you know, she was a daughter of the servants. And so Lucrezia had her family pay for the, the girl's education. And now, now they're, uh, now they're inseparable, of course. And the girl flies Countess's ship around everywhere. Well, that sounds like an interesting story. Well, maybe you can ask her about it. I'm sure she'll gladly tell you about how charitable she is just to even talk to the lower classes. Okay, Alviva, you up against the wall? Yeah, I was going to say Alviva is doing exactly that. Um, up against the wall, wallflower style, looking, trying to look kind of badass. <laughs> you should just, go hang out with the cool kids. Yeah, I'm just going to be a cool kid against the wall looking uh, like I'm I'm above all this. Really, it's because I'm confused, but... Okay, Arturos, what are you up to? I mean, he has to stay near Greg. Like, Does he? At least one person should be with the person they're guarding. Well, <laughs> isn't Aguilar with Grack? I would assume. Uh, Aguilar's doing the rounds. Grack has latched on to Count Oriana trying to get a laugh out of him. It's oh, not okay. working. It's not working. <laughs> I've got a long distance eye on everybody. I, I, I could, you know, I got the, the big view. If I can get high, that's even better. <laughs> like, Arturos is the muscle. He's still taller than Grack. Yeah, how tall is Grack? I think Grack Doar is, are four, we, under we, four? Yeah, Doar are under four feet. Yeah, oh my god. My god. Yeah, so so Artie is, Artie is enjoying being taller than someone. Artie is enjoying being <laughs> tall. Um, <laughs> but he is also fading in and out and trying to sneak some shrimp off the uh, appetizers and, and, and waiters walking around. Uh, roll sleight of hand. <laughs> you got it. 22. Twenty-two. <laughs> you are you are like you are very deftly plucking hors d'oeuvres off of, or as as if Artie were to ever see it written down, he would pronounce a horse divorce. Um, <laughs> very deftly Artie plucking. Artie doesn't read. Artie doesn't read. You don't know that. Very deftly plucking hors d'oeuvres off of plates and sneaking them into his pockets. Artie's probably really good at that. He's probably been to a lot of fancy parties where he mostly just wanted the food. Yeah, no. Artie knows knows the shtick. He's just yeah. fading in and out. At least no one's trying to curry favor with him this time. I thought birds flew. <laughs> <laughs> like he's spending this whole time trying to figure out crack? <laughs> I thought birds flew. I don't think this one flies. Oh, I do want them to have a conversation about this. Yeah, go ahead and have a conversation with Yeah, have a conversation, Rio. You can't, you can't have a conversation with your bodyguard in the middle of a party. It's not done. <laughs> yeah, Grack, Grack is not going to be receptive to this. And Artie knows this. I do think I'm also, I, I'm going to take advantage of breadsticks being small and flying and, and teleporting and all that kind of fun stuff. And, and she's smart. While I'm doing wall duty, um, I'll get, I'll ask her to just kind of flit around and be an extra pair of eyes for me of just, you know, if anyone's like talking about murder or has a dagger or sharp teeth, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> Will do. Uh, let's roll a perception check for Breadsticks. Unless you're doing the thing where you see through her eyes. Uh, no, I'll let Breadsticks do her own so that I can still be seeing with my normal eyes. If I see through Breadsticks' eyes, I can no longer see through my eyes. Correct. Breadsticks got an 11. Breadsticks got an 11? Uh, nothing of particular note so far. All right. But uh, 
Also, roll a stealth check for breadsticks. Sure. Is breadsticks getting getting distracted by the by the potential of more fried potatoes? Distinctly possible. Breadsticks may or may not also be grabbing food when given the opportunity. That is a seventeen. Seventeen. Uh, breadsticks is uh, very easily avoiding notice in here. You hear a couple of people complain that oh, I think a bird got in here. But other than that, breadsticks is not drawing attention to herself. Do pseudo dragons build hordes? I don't. That's an interesting question. I think just a little one. <laughs> um, does does Alviva also maybe get a perception check? Yes. <laughs> not just my not just my dragon. That is a natural one from me. <laughs> oh. Does anyone else want to make any perception checks while we're in this room? Yes. I'm a good bodyguard. I just keep looking at the shiny man with his shiny armor with the stars on it and wondering what he's up to. 17. Nope, I don't see shit. You got a net one as well. <laughs> yeah. Hold on, I have two characters that will probably want to be looking. Artie got an eight, and Greg got a, nut, a ten. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jill. <laughs> <laughs> Only one who rolled. Yeah. Anything decent. Yeah, Jill, you're you're listening with half an ear to the constant stream of shit talk coming from Countess Aguilar. It's kind of hilarious, but also, like, you... You're you're a little intimidated by how much this woman seems to hate literally everyone. And then you spot a woman come through the doors to the Great Hall. Around five foot five, pale red hair that sort of falls in ringlets that she's tied back a little bit uh, in sort of a uh, long coat and vest, the sort of outfit that you would associate with a a spell jamming captain. Uh, She comes over and she walks up to the Admiral. Uh, and says a few things quietly to him. And then she turns and walks out of the ballroom, and he follows her, bringing uh, two of his guards with him. And they exit the ballroom. Now, I will say I did specifically say that was the one man I was staring at. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you would you would also, you're a hyper-focused. Uh, you're, that natural one gives you a hyper-focus on, uh, on the Admiral, <laughs> so you do see him leave the room. Yeah, that is literally the only thing I noticed, but... Juliana, in a in a... Point where the Countess is taking a breath. <laughs> Jim was like, how would you describe that captain of, of uh, Countess Tornacazes? Oh, I haven't seen her very much, but uh, I've, I've heard she's a redhead. Uh-huh. Uh, kind of a kind of a pale complexion? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Does she know? Do you know? Does Tornacazes have business with that admiral? Oh, I think they're... Vague associates. Tornancasa has, uh, you know, a great deal of trade routes, and the uh, the Elven Navy does their best to protect those trade routes. So there's probably a relationship there. Hmm. Any idea why they might have a business meeting in the middle of this party? Well, it seems like as good a time as any, considering that hmm. she's going to be keeping us waiting, and he's invited anyway. Interesting. I feel like Alviva is going to make the independent decision to try and sneak after them, and if caught, pretend she was looking for the bathroom. Okay. I mean, that sounds great, actually. So, uh, the door that they left through is off to your left. Uh, it's a, it's one of the great big double doors. That's, there's two double doors at the north end of the room, two double doors at the south end of the room, and then one that is, like, on the southern wall. So, this is the, uh, southwestern door that you could try to sneak out of. Alright, I am gonna do that. Should I roll a stealth check to try and do it subtly? Uh, yes, but roll a perception check first. Okay. 
I got an eight. We're rolling real bad today, folks. Okay, so uh, you uh, definitely sneak towards the door, open it, and it's only when you're halfway through the door that you notice that there is a guard standing on either side of that door looking directly at you. I'm going to try and just seem really confident, like I know that I'm supposed to go through this door. See how that goes for me. Could breadsticks go in while the door's open? Yeah, you could probably try to send breadsticks through while you talk to these guards. Okay, that, that'll be a backup. I, I, I try and just do it confidently. If they start talking to me, which sounds like is going to happen, then uh, I'll have breadsticks sneak in behind. Okay, these guards look at you uh, and they say, the countess says nobody's to leave the ballroom. Uh, well, I gotta use the, uh, you know, the guards room. <laughs> the little guards room? The little guards, the little guards room. room. <laughs> They both kind of stare at you. Roll a perception check. Uh, a persuasion <laughs> check. Um, sure. Actually, this might be deception. <laughs> well, I rolled a 20 on persuasion. Uh, you're not proficient in deception, are you? No, I am not proficient in persuasion or deception. So it'd I did be the recently... same roll. It'd be the same roll regardless. You yeah, do get a right. dirty 20. I did oh. get a dirty 20. I, I try and really convincingly be like, you know, like I... I'm giving that air of desperation of like, listen, this is embarrassing, but like <laughs> one guard to another, like. It's probably also helped by Cacophony bringing up the whole peeing thing earlier, because at that point, my brain is instantly like, do I have to pee now? Do I have to pee now constantly? Yeah, for like it the might next not three even hours. be a joke. Like. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, the guards blink at you and one of them uh, takes your arm and leads you to the privy. Okay. Uh, you're going to try and send breadsticks through? Yeah. Roll a, roll a stealth check for breadsticks. Sure. Come on, breadsticks. Come on, breadsticks. Uh, that's an 11. Not particularly great. Okay, let me let me roll a perception check for this uh, this guard. No, I mean... Now, do I count as a distraction, perhaps? Exactly. Breadsticks is not a acting on her own. She is okay, working yeah, in, she would, in accordance with Alviva. She would get advantage because you're a distraction. All right, all right. I'll roll a second one. That's a 16, so a little bit better. Okay. Uh, guard rolled low, so guard does not notice as uh, breadstick zips down the hallway. Yes, hell yeah! This door, this hallway is lit uh, on either side by a wall sconce, but there's quite a bit of shadow. Uh, but you do, breadsticks does notice that there are a couple of guards at the far end of the hallway, uh, where the hallway turns to the left. Okay, they're, I mean, guard I think they're guarding the northwest door, basically. Yeah, bread breadsticks will fly up, up, up along the ceiling, which mm -hmm. is where people don't expect to be looking for things. Okay, uh, breadsticks gets to the end of the hall, uh, turns a corner, and there is a staircase that goes up and down. Hmm. Breadsticks is gonna sniff and try and smell which way the fancy people went. They probably have a a little bit of a hors d'oeuvre smell on them, and pseudo dragons have keen senses. Some cologne. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah so some... that would be a perception check with advantage because it's relying on smell. Breadsticks Adventures! Breadsticks Adventures! <laughs> yeah! The 21! Breadsticks can tell that the fancy people went upstairs. Alright, upstairs Breadsticks goes. And this is so, I also, like, basically, Alviva gets led to the bathroom, says thank you, like, sits down, assuming that they have toilets in this world, and then just, like, her <laughs> eyes blank out as she just <laughs> is sitting on the toilet looking oh, through Breadsticks' eyes. Oh, I've those kinds eyes. of party breaks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a moment where it's just, you know... It's yeah. Save point. Yeah. <laughs> does does uh, does breadsticks have dark vision? Breadsticks has dark vision. Yes, and blind sight, and understands common and draconic. Cool. And I am also, you know, she's a very good girl. 
she's a very good girl and i am am seeing through her eyes and understand things and so i can see with dark vision it's very it's very fun for me actually i like to fly around the ship (laughs) as breadsticks just to get the novelty of having dark vision breadsticks uh finds herself uh in a long hallway that runs along the northern wall of the uh, of the house and there are a bunch of hallways that branch off to the south well breadsticks will continue trying to follow her nose to figure out where the people actually went okay with 20 i'll let you keep that 21 uh she uh sniffs down that first the turn into the first hallway doesn't really smell the uh the people she's following so she goes down to the turn for the next hallway that's where she catches a scent she follows it down to the end of the hallway and she ends up uh in front of a door to uh well it's a door. I don't think she'd recognize what the door is, but it's a door. I see through her eyes. Does Alviva recognize what the door is? Uh, it looks like a door into either like a bedroom or maybe a study or something. Ooh. I have a moment of like, am I sending breadsticks to spy on some uh, illicit affairs? Also, uh, the Admiral's body, two of the Admiral's bodyguards are flanking the door. Okay. Now, this is a closed door, which is a, a challenge. Yeah, if, if Breadsticks wants to get close, she'll have to roll a stealth check to be uh, to avoid notice by the bodyguards. And also, it is a closed door. And uh, while she does have thumbs, her hands are very small. Oh yeah, very my gosh. Tiny. Okay, okay. I think that... <sighs> Gonna try and fly around a little bit, potentially down some, like, related side hallways. Basically, just trying to see, like, is there any potential for even just, like a vent that a little dragon could fit through or like i don't know other other ways in uh let's roll an investigation check for breadsticks sure actually you you can use your investigation since you're seeing through breadsticks eyes that's that's true i am helping breadsticks navigate this complex task uh we have the same investigation which is kind of fun that's distressing (laughs) on a number of levels i am just as smart as my pseudo dragon. Uh, but that is a 15. A 15? Okay. Uh, it takes Breadsticks a little while uh, sniffing around uh, down the next hallway, but she does manage to find uh, a little uh, ventilation grate that she can uh, crawl up to and try and listen in on the conversation in the room. <laughs> Come to the party, they said. It'll be fun, they said. <laughs> <laughs> Breadsticks crawls into the vent. And with her keen senses, all right. Uh, it, the the grate the grate is pretty grate. pretty secured, so breadsticks can listen, but probably can't crawl into the vent. This okay. is like one of those parts of the video game where like your player character is is like held up or arrested or something, so you suddenly have to control a bunch of other party members to do things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, I li- listen in. And also the part of the Assassin's Creed game where you can like observe someone talking, but you can't get at them because there's something in the way. Oh, yeah. And then you have to, like, have your bird fly around. Yeah. Yeah. There, there, a lot of things in this campaign are like a video game, and there's there's probably a reason for that. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Breadsticks listens in, and uh, you listen in through Breadsticks, Elviva, and you hear mm-hmm. uh, what sounds like an argument between um, a deeper male voice and then a, a high-pitched, very almost very soft female voice uh and the male voice is saying no i can't i can't support you in this if you're gonna do this you're on your own and the female voice saying well if that's the way you see it uh and then there is the sound of a chair being pushed back and footsteps stomping toward the door damn it i wish i'd gotten into that argument earlier (laughs) (laughs) well i guess that that fred six will kind of hang around a little bit and then 
I wonder if it's worth sneaking into the room. Then breadsticks might just get locked in a study and that would be awkward. <laughs> <laughs> what would I do then? My just see her, her little stuck. claws just reaching under the door, desperately <laughs> scratching to be let out. <laughs> oh, that's so cute! No! Uh, we're gonna I, we're we're gonna cut briefly back to uh, everyone else in the ballroom as you see uh, the admiral reappear in the ballroom. The door actually swings open as he barrels through it, and you see him uh, gesture to his two other guards, and they exit through uh, the southern door uh, back through the foyer and outside. Hmm. Yeah, where are my companions? I do think breadsticks will follow them back because I don't want breadsticks to get stuck in an inaccessible area. Yeah, <laughs> the zone so- is off limits. We have to deload that zone. <laughs> you so uh, as as are you leaving the uh, the privy at the moment? Yeah, once breadsticks is back. Yeah, uh, roll a stealth check for breadsticks to try and just like sneak back in with you. <laughs> the guard's attention is still on you, so breadsticks would still have an advantage. Cool. Uh, that's a fifteen. Okay, uh, breadsticks zips up under your cloak and uh, hides there as you uh, head back into the ballroom. Hell yes, breadsticks! <laughs> breadsticks, 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 breadsticks! Best mascot out of all the mascots we have. Because <laughs> so many. All right, cool. I have information, and now I'm like, who do I even tell? Who knows yeah. what's going on? Jill knows what's going on. Can Jill I try? Jill knows and what's get- going on. Jill's getting a lot of goss. Get Jill's yeah. getting a lot of goss. Um, it seems like cocktail hour is coming to an end. So, is there anything else you guys want to do while you're still free to move around the room and mingle? Do uh, you know, loiter about the the, the teen table. Uh, yeah, the shitty teens. Yeah, the shitty teens. Uh, they are not all teens. It seemed like the Fjord twins were the youngest of that particular social circle. These these ones are mostly in their twenties, maybe early thirties at the oldest. I'm pretty sure they're still shitty teens. Yeah, uh, and they are having a, a a shitty teen conversation about some party they went to. Okay. Juliana can't exactly join the, join in on this conversation. No, she cannot. <laughs> Not unless Cacophony <laughs> wants to try and get in on this. <laughs> How do you do, fellow kids? I'm the, I'm the right age, but I'm supposed to be a guard. <laughs> yeah. The thing is that I feel like Cacophony is glamorous enough that she could pull this off. I'm like 350. I feel weird. <laughs> <laughs> can't be around kids. It's too weird. Yeah. You're talking. I to got your, three younger siblings. Yeah, you're talking to your little to to your to your little brother. Oh, Rory. <laughs> well, Cacophony's looking bored now that her two elf guard friends have wandered off. And by friends, I'm using that very loosely because they barely spoke. Juliana definitely like catches her eye across the room and like nods her head over at the teen table. She looks over to the teen table, uh, looks kind of mystified, gestures at her face as if the. Go, I'm old. (laughs) Juliana mimes something about, like, mimes big fancy hair and, like, sparkles. And, like, Uh, gestures at her. She kind of, she kind of wiggles for a moment. And then she kind of, Juliana, uh, like, points at herself and is, like, shakes her head. Like, look Uh, at me. All of me. Cacophony does kind of hold her hands out and kind of nods her head head up and down then. And then she pauses and she kind of gestures to herself so she starts sparkling. Juliana mimes a thank you. <laughs> and she heads over towards the shitty teen table. Okay. Uh, she overhears that they're talking about a party. And then she leans down, one hand clamping down, and she goes, How cool was this party? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
Jam Jammer is performed by Lexi Peppers, Annie Creighton, Kit Walker, Mackenzie Weaver, and Rio, and is edited by Jake Mason. Our character designs are by Rio, who you can find at vriosart on Twitter, and our cover art is by Canary Witch, who you can find at doodlesfromthebird.tumblr.com. Our opening and closing music is by Reckoning Storm Audio Works. For more episodes of this show and our other shows, as well as news, check out our website at crookedrussiancamp.horse. I keep thinking that Red Six can teleport, but I think I'm thinking too much about Pern Dragons. Breadsticks I don't even know teleport. that's true. All right, I'm too confused. Uh, stealth check. Come on, breadsticks. Come on, breadsticks. Can swaddle dragons turn invisible? No. Oh, thanks.